Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about the Iron Claw? I am, because after all, we we are the Watchers of Movies. Hello. Hello. We're back. Yeah. We're back. New year, new us. Yeah, we had a nice... New break, and that was nice. I got yeah. to see my sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably won't see her again for another year. So that's really? kind of a bummer. It's like so far away, Nairobi, you know, unless she comes in the summer. Listen, I got to tell you, I follow your sister on Instagram. She's always traveling. She so is, I find it hard to believe she can't come I know, on over right? and visit. Shelby, are you listening right now? <laughs> Sometimes I'm scrolling. Like, she has this, like, glamorous, exotic life abroad. And when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'll be like, does she ever work or is she just always on vacation? <laughs> and I'm not being, uh, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm jealous. That's what I mean. You know, that's the, that's the, the phrase, the tone that I'm asking in. I'm oh like, yeah. What yeah, is she was your in job like a, and how do I sign up for it? I think she was in like Rwanda or something the other week, like went to like a spa, like my parents uh-huh. went and visited her and she's like, and uh, I was like, so where's Shelby now? What's Shelby doing? And they were like, oh, well, she went for a spa weekend. And I was like, oh, how glamorous a spa weekend. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm not a little bit jealous or anything. <laughs> like, am oh. I hiding it well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty so. cool. So I had to tell you, uh, you already know this story because mm-hmm. uh, we talked about it. But um, for our listeners who this year realized just how consistent my life is and how unoriginal I am. So we released the episode about, what was it about? Holiday and Handcuffs. And I talked <laughs> um, about I talked about wanting to watch the holiday. I think it was New Year's, I think it was New Year's Eve. No, it was the first one this year, like the new episode, Holiday oh, okay, and Handcuffs, okay. I think, where I okay. talked about uh, wanting to watch the holiday, but it, it was streaming for money oh, I think and I have it on DVD. I was talking about okay and anyway and then uh we re-released the polar express and i told almost the exact same story verbatim and that episode was from last year 2022 it was from christmas 2022 so and then i always listen to the published version just to make sure that it everything sounds good and i was like rolling my eyes at myself i'm like oh my gosh so and then you texted me and said oh my gosh you told the exact same story about trying to watch the holiday but you didn't want to pay so you watched love actually it was cracking me up and, i was like this is yeah just, uh. maybe this year i'll reach a certain level of like holiday movie maturity and christmas 2024 i'll just put my dvd of the holiday yeah, in and be go. done with it there you go but i couldn't believe that like two Christmas episodes a year apart had my same antics. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I um I liked the one where you talked about seeing the Oppenheimer trailer and then oh, I texted yeah. you and I was like, was it everything you dreamt of? And you were like, it was. <laughs> yeah, and Oppenheimer just won best drama at the Golden Globe. So awesome. that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's you and know, Killian it's Murphy won best actor. So yeah. good He's for him. Fantastic. Christopher Nolan, I believe, won best director or really? maybe best screenplay. I think it was best director. So, I mean, I loved it. I saw it twice, you know, sitting mm-hmm. through six hours of Oppenheimer's 
saying something and you know because you did the same thing sure did <laughs> yep. i sure did yeah yeah um so i want to talk about some movies I me saw too lately. i saw some movies okay. too you go first Do you want me to go first yeah. okay so i just saw the ballad of songbirds and snakes the oh, new hunger yeah. games movie um and i have to say and i'm gonna call this the legolas syndrome <laughs> <laughs> and I think you'll understand why when I explain. Tom Blythe is the guy that plays Coriolanus Snow, who's later Donald Sutherland in the, in the mm-hmm. you know, and he's, so it's like 64 years before Katniss's games. So he's um, in his, like, he's like 18, 19. He's very young. Okay. Um, and he is a blonde in the movie, but he's normally a brunette. He's normally got dark brunette hair. And I'm like, man, he is such a cutie as a blonde. And I was looking at Bruce Fim and I'm like, yeah, he's still cute. But there's something about him as a blonde. Mm. <laughs> That's why I'm calling the Legolas in him because yeah. Orlando Bloom as Legolas as this gorgeous elf man. I was like, oh my dear lord, my my sweet little angel teenage heart is like exploding. <laughs> and then I saw him without his wig and I go, now nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not quite the same thing as Tom Blythe, but um, <laughs> it's a little. You know what? A little a bleach cutie, goes though. a long way. <laughs> he's he is very yeah. cute, and you know what? I think he did a really great job. And I just finished the book tonight. Mm. I finished it before you came over. Um, I was like really speed reading through it because it's the for those out there who like to read the books and see the movies. It is a very good adaptation. So. I was really happy about that. Nice. Because that sometimes, like, yeah, they don't include certain things, like, or they kind of change certain things, but it wasn't enough to make it, like, to ruin it or anything like that. I think it was it was a very good adaptation, so oh. I'd recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I kind of actually want to go see it again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. After I wa- read, the, read the book, I was like... I could watch this again, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just not quite the same on a small screen compared to the big screen. You I think know? that's the consensus. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I oh, don't know. Interesting. It's still in theaters. It's been in there in theaters since like early November. Yeah, so. for a while. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So. It must be doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what's your? Uh, well, I saw two movies that I wanted to talk about. Number one, I saw a movie called Past Lives. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, wait. That sounds familiar. It's new. It came out this past year. Past it's Korean lives. and American, like Korean and English. Okay. Uh, it's really good. It's an awesome story. One of the, I think, one of the best movies of the year for me. One of my favorite movies this year. It was. It's a story about a Korean woman who immigrates as a child to the United States. And when she was living in Korea, she had this like, she was like prepubescent, maybe like 12, 11 or twelve, and she had this like kid boyfriend and they kind of would pal around and when she moved to america obviously they didn't see each other and then they reconnected later in life and and then reconnected again you know then lost touch and then reconnected and and it's a it's a really good story it's 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 really good i i that sounds sweet really really recommend it it's 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 really deep it's not it's sweet but it's also deep it's not just like a rom-com or romantic movie you know is it streaming anywhere I don't know. I I watched it on disc, oh. so I don't know. It probably is. My goodness, how old fashioned! Anything, <laughs> anything is streaming for a price. For a price. 
refer back to my story about the holiday. Um, yes. Yeah. You can so, refer back to that twice if you'd mm-hmm, like. Yes. Any either episode, really. Either episode. The, it's the same. Same thing. Um, yeah. It's probably, or it is nominated for, uh, or it was nominated for a Golden Globe. So it's it's pretty high up there. But then I also saw The Holdovers. And I gotta say, best movie twenty twenty three. Really, I loved it. I it's oh man, it's definitely my favorite movie of last year. Maybe we should. It's really good. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Oh, I already um, reviewed it. It's awesome. So <laughs> I, it's it was really good. It really touched me. It was, I don't know. It's uh, I just think it has this. It's kind of like a catching lightning in a bottle mentality, where it's like a really cool setting really good story interesting characters it's i don't know it's it's the full package i really i I recommend that as well uh so it kind of seemed like dead poet society and like rushmore like mixed together based on the trailer yeah i I could see that yeah we talked mike and i watched it together and we talked about it reminding us of rushmore I didn't really think about Dead Poets Society, but I could see that a little bit as well because I don't, I don't really like Dead Poets Society. Oh, so okay, I, I, I don't really from what think I remember, about it too I much. Mean, I've seen it several times, but I haven't seen it in a long maybe time. Maybe I should watch it as an adult because yeah, I saw maybe. it when I was in school, like in eighth grade. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna have a way view, way different view of it as an adult. I think you'll appreciate it a lot more. Maybe I'll watch it sometime. It's, it's I own it. So if you want to borrow it, oh. I have it. All right. Yeah. Um, I do have another one. Okay. So I watched The Fall of the House of Usher. I finally oh. got on Netflix long enough to binge watch it, which I did in one day. Um, it's So it's a Mike Flanagan movie, and he did Hush, or a TV show. He did Hush um, and... Um, like The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting mm. of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass. So he, I, I haven't seen Midnight Mass. I saw part of The Haunting of Bly Manor, but also like the book, which is called The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. I had a difficult time getting through it. I was kind of bored. Mm. So I did not finish it. I loved The Haunting of Hill House, except for the ending. That was a little, it was a little too neatly tied up in a bow. But other than that, if you just kind of forget about that, the rest of it I think is really good. Um the Fall of the House of Usher I was really excited about because I love the story. You know I love the story. And it's a short story. So it's going to be really difficult to make 10 episodes out of this yeah. tiny ass little story. So what they kind of did is they added a bunch of other Poe stories into the like main storyline. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I liked it. I think that it didn't have as much of an impact because there wasn't a very big emotional aspect of it. Like the one, like, because it's like the opening thing is like all of this guy played by Bruce Greenwood, Roderick's children, like have died. Mm. Like all of them have died. So you know that immediately. This is not a spoiler. Um, And they're kind of like not good people. So when they die, you're like, uh," you know what I mean? Like some of them you're like, well, I don't feel sorry at all for you for dying because you're a terrible, horrible human being. But some of them, you're kind of like, oh, that's a little sad. They're kind of young, whatever. But none of them really have that, like, not the same impact as, like, The Haunting of Hill House, which it was one of the episodes, and I think it was, like, the sixth episode. It was called The Bent Neck Lady. And it, like, it hit me so hard. I had to take a break from watching that show because I was, like, wrecked by that just that episode like fucked me up like it was so and anyone who i've talked to have have seen that show is like 
oh shit, that episode, that episode fucked me up. And I'm like, I know, I know. So it was fine. Um, I think really the biggest part is that what bothered me, and I've been doing a lot of like shower talking and like, Mm -hmm. you know, walking around my apartment talking to myself about this, is that there were several times where they would quote like part of Poe's work, um, like Annabelle Lee. And it was one thing if it was done in narration, I think that would have been done well, but he would just start reciting it. And it oh, felt like the scene weird. in Oppenheimer where she, where Jane pulls <laughs> oh, out yeah. the Babagad Gita and she's like, read that line. And he's like, I am death, you know, mm-hmm. destroy or, or become death. Destroy like erasing all subtlety. Exactly. And I was just yeah. like, okay, right. So this is like just right on the nose. Like he's like, me and my dear Annabelle Lee. And I was like, oh, brother. Yeah. Um, that's not good. <laughs> so. That was really the only complaint I had other than that. It was it was good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as close to the original story as I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. But I also think like what can you really do in 10 episodes? Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you just reminded me that I I watched All the Light We Cannot See. <gasps> No, you're excited. <laughs> do you want to hear my review? I mean, yeah, I want to hear what you think of it. I Really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Or yeah. do you want to watch it first? Um, no, I think I want to hear what you think of it. Uh, well, <laughs> in the first Oh no. <laughs> buckle up. Okay. Uh, if the book didn't exist and this was just an original story that Netflix like somebody in the Netflix studio Oh no. thought up, I would have been entertained by it. I would have been like, that was cute. Okay. But the book does exist. Yeah. An exemplary piece of fiction. A beautiful, is, poetic, really deep, really insightful, moving story. It's so po- it's like and so poetically it, written too. And I knew. I mean, I knew. I said it on this very podcast that I didn't think they could make a rendition of it that would be satisfying for me. And I usually am good at separating book from movie slash TV show. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, in the first episode, in the first like seven minutes i was watching it by myself and i said aloud to no one didn't they not read the book oh no so it's (laughs) it's just it's disappointing uh it's fan fiction basically Mm -hmm. uh they filled it with quips and platitudes Mm. uh and i i mean honestly if they it's just it's just like this weird inspirational quippy piece of I don't know, chewed on it, media, I guess. And it's, I like I said, if the book didn't exist, I probably would have been, enter- I was I was entertained by it. I mean, it's, the production value is really high. The performances of most of the actors and characters are pretty good. Um, I had a problem with the guy who played Werner. Uh, but uh, I just... Wait, why though? Like why... I just, I don't know, he just didn't have much gravitas, mm-hmm. and he, I think he was handed a, a bad script, oh, uh, because okay. it was just, I don't know, it, it was just, just nothing really worked about his character for me, and uh, I really want to tell you about a part at the end that made me, I said, uh, I was sitting, I'm not going to tell you, because I want you to experience it, but okay. I was sitting on my sofa, and I was going, what what <laughs> oh god what am i gonna know when i see <laughs> oh, it you'll know <laughs> okay when you see it because i read the book yeah you know? yeah you'll know 100 percent. you'll know and it's just like i i was i was complaining about it to mike who 
he's he's very patient he hasn't read the book or anything so he doesn't know the story he just listened to me ad nauseum just be like (laughs) and uh i love it and he said (laughs) maybe they spent their whole budget on mark ruffalo and i thought that's probably true it's only four episodes i'm sure hugh laurie wasn't cheap either yeah probably yeah it was only it's only four episodes uh which how can you encapsulate that book right in four episodes so i respect what they did in terms of like extrapolating parts of the story i don't respect it that much but i have to know wait before i forget were the accents that they did were they french or were they like a british they were like british like i mean i like that though i don't mind it because i I kind of wish they would do it in like the original language you know like french and german the book was written in English. I know, but it would be nice. <laughs> I don't. I, mean? I don't. I don't really mind the like. He's they're British, so that means they're European. That doesn't bother me because yeah. it's like whatever. I don't want to see like. I don't want to see somebody butcher a different like a <laughs> like French a accent French if they're accent. not doing it very well. <laughs> yeah. Um. The yeah. guy, the German soldier, did have a German accent, and okay. his was fine. It was unoffensive. So that's the least of the problems. It's just they just it's just it was fan fiction they changed right. the ending and uh, oh. they changed the ending in a way that blew my mind <laughs> like there was multiple things about the ending that really shocked me and i was like wait a minute <laughs> no 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 so i now just i'm really curious <laughs> i just i'm not i'm not impressed right um i think i, I think, think that was bound to happen i, I was expecting it to be rough because i yeah. thought they're gonna miss all the poetry and boy did they ever miss all the poetry but they also just apparently missed one whole page of of the ending and left out something pretty important Unless, was it was it Werner's ending yeah oh what the fuck you know what i'm talking about no. i think oh maybe not i mean yeah i do what you said <laughs> what you said about the fall of the house of usher reminded me of just you know like how much can they do in four episodes how right. much can they pull out of a short story it's like right. the book is very big it's it's a thick book and yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah because the fall of house of usher is probably like 20 pages it's oh, okay not, it's, it's just yeah. a short story so i mean you could you could probably make a feature film out of it and it would be it could be decent um and they could include everything yeah but 10 episodes no there's right. no way there's yeah. no possible way it would be like the most boring show ever you yeah know? like mm-hmm. they could even probably do it in an hour honestly you know Jeez. yeah, yeah. so i i mean i would prefer like a feature length film because i feel like they could get more into it and like maybe get to the backstory of the characters as well like kind of create like i mean a little bit it would be a little bit like fan fiction you know yeah but that's kind of what it felt like with mike flanagan um the haunting of hill house was also totally different from the book which i read after i didn't actually really like the book i didn't like the style of writing i don't think that shirley jackson's really anything special um (laughs) No offense to any Shirley Jackson stands out there, but I just... I'm I, sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am you're for real. nothing special. <laughs> she, well, it was just like, there was just some things where it was supposed to create like fear and like what's happening. I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? But instead I was like, I don't know what's happening because this isn't written well enough. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it just, it just, whatever. So... I am fine with that just because I didn't really care for the book, you know? But yeah, anyway, that's it. That's pretty much it. 
That so, I think that's oh one more thing. Just mm-hmm. one more real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister recommended the movie Soul to me. It's with Jamie Foxx. It's an animated movie with oh, Disney. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, very cute. Very it's cute. good. Yeah, it uh-huh. will. It will. It will make you cry. It will give you the feels oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's something that everyone can identify with. Like every single person in the world can identify with this film. You know what I mean? So hmm. it's pretty. It's touching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore. Dirt. Because I think you should watch it. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you ready to talk about the movie? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so I must know. So this was, we uh, were like, we're like, what are we going to do next? And, and I'm like, why don't we just do the Iron Claw? And you were like, oh, good idea. Because we just saw it, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, great. So what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I knew so little about the Von Erich family, but Mike had mentioned them in passing that they were kind of like considered like this cursed wrestling family. And he he had alluded to the fact that bad things had happened to the sons of this guy. So I knew that much. I knew that bad things had happened to the sons. I didn't know what. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know anything about the story, so it was really interesting watching it, knowing that bad things were going to happen to the them, and I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and um, so, and Mike didn't really know that much about them either. Like he knew of them. He saw Carrie Von Erich in er, like when he was a kid, and he oh, would really his parents would rent him like uh, wrestling videos of like. I don't know if I think it was called WWF at that time. Um, you know, Carrie Von Eric was in it for a brief amount of time, but that's, you know, he didn't really, he didn't really know a lot about the family and he had no idea that Carrie was missing part of his leg. Yeah. He found did a out, little bit of research he found on out that. when we were watching the movie. And so that was interesting. interesting. Uh, but yeah, so um, I thought it was really good. It was properly sad. <laughs> And yeah, uh, no kidding. an interesting story. <laughs> I thought the performances were really good, and and it, I, I don't, I, I liked it. How about you? I liked it a lot. I thought, I think it's, I, I sincerely think it will be an Oscar contender. I would be not surprised at all if Zac Efron gets at least nominated. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job, and I think this is like, and, I, and he's a huge star now, but I think this is this is a film that could really jet him into like real stardom, you know, and be considered like a legitimate actor. Not that he's not. I'm just saying, you know, we're talking about compared to like a lot of other famous actors that are mm-hmm. out there, you know, that I think that he really, he, he can finally like really shed the whole high school musical yeah. and mm-hmm. be considered a legitimate actor. You know, um, I think he did a great job. I, um, I like Holt Michelaney. He was in the show Mindhunter. Okay. Yeah. And he actually, the first thing I ever saw him in was Fight Club. Mm. Um, he was the guy who was like, his name is Robert Paulson. Do you remember that scene? It's been so long. <laughs> it's like after Meatloaf dies, gets killed. Okay. And whose name is Robert Paulson. And they're all like, oh, we're so sad that number whatever died. And he's like, he had a name, guys. His name is Robert Paulson. Oh. And they're all like, his name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. So that was like the first time I'd ever been introduced to him and then really the only other thing i've seen him in other than the iron claw is mindhunter okay so i and i liked him in mindhunter i think he did a great job in that i think he's a good actor i think he's um he's intense and i think that that was perfect for this role um 
but I um, actually there's not really a but I, I well yeah there kind of is I think the curse is bullshit I think the curse is their father I think like any great family in history that have done great things a lot of it comes down to the father like the Kennedys you know and mm-hmm. it's like these aggressively obsessed men with this like idea and I'm let's just say man because it's an aggressively obsessed man with this idea of like you know becoming the greatest and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the greatest but when you are doing that and you're pushing your sons to the point where they're fucking killing themselves yeah there's a problem there and Mm -hmm. it's all boiling down to this one common denominator and that is the father yeah you know like so the curse that's bullshit that is bullshit and if he cannot take responsibility for the fact that he like pushed his sons to the point of suicide that's a real issue that's a real narcissistic issue yeah you know (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's a wrestling publication that Mike uh, writes an article for, and he has been on a few of their podcasts as well. It's called PW Torch, and that guy who's like the head of it, his name is Wade Keller, and he did a like a a review of the Iron Claw that I listened to because I was curious what yeah. his thoughts were because he's like, I don't, he's been in the business for like thirty years wow. writing about wrestling and stuff, and uh, he also in his in his review uh he 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 didn't review the movie as much as he just talked about the von eric family and how closely the story related so it was in, but it was interesting to interesting to hear his point of view about the movie as well but he he said that the movie focused a lot on the curse but you know he kind of said what you said in in a different way he said you know like a lot of the boys well men were taking drugs and steroids so yeah, it was their yeah. father and it was also just like horrible lifestyles oh basically. yeah for sure so you know it's it's like those factors together yeah bad things are gonna happen so that doesn't necessarily mean you're cursed you know uh, yeah and and i think blaming like sure those like the first son dying it, that's a tragedy did you, you know? read about how he died i did pretty he sad stepped on like a shock like a like a shock the tongue of a trailer yeah and and fell and drowned in a puddle he elect- like, it, oh my God. yeah he was like, electrocuted and then he fell in a, in a snowbank it said yeah. and there was another brother that's not portrayed in the yeah. film that also um, committed suicide what was his, his name was chris i think chris yeah yeah, I read. I did you read on the Wikipedia page because yeah. I did too. Mm-hmm. I actually look all these notes. There's I wrote an episode. Down. Um, there's a wrestling series that the Vice ne- Network puts out called Dark Side of the Ring, and they have I think two part episode about the Von Erich family. Yeah, it's so, fascinating family. I mean, yeah, for real. Geez. Like, it's I I think um. I think this was really well done. I think it was a really well done film and I really enjoyed it. It, it made me cry, made me emotional. Um, but I, so I want to start out like just talking about like the beginning or whatever, but my notes are probably going to be all over the place because I wrote them like after I was, you know, saw the movie, obviously. (laughs) Um, so Fritz buying the car without speaking to his wife is really like indicative of who he is as a person, (laughs) you know, like he's like, Oh babe, no, you know, like it's good because it will, you know, elevate my status or it'll show everyone like I'm, you know, this status or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but you have 
two boys and a child that is like gonna be born any second like she was really 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 pregnant yeah. you know and he's just like whatever and he's like i want to buy a house someday and she goes what makes you think that buying a car is going to get us closer to buying a house? And I was like, yeah, really? Like, come on, you know? Yeah, I think um, I think he said that his agent or somebody, the promoter, was yeah. like, "You got if you want to be a star, you have to live like a star. So he bought, like, a Cadillac. And yeah, I think you're right. That is indicative. He never became the star that he wanted to be, so he vicariously lived through his children and basically exactly. ruined their lives because of it. Literally, yeah. literally ruined I their think lives. There's something about the movie that I thought was super fascinating in that, uh, number one, when we went before the movie started, I was expecting it to be a movie about like sibling rivalry and just like this really messed up family. But I, I really loved how the brothers got along so well. Like they all had each other's back. They just wanted to wrestle together. They just, you know, they loved each other. And I thought it was really interesting how much they loved and respected their father enough to go to the grave for him. Yeah. I I think that that's a really interesting, and I actually didn't even really like the mom. I didn't think that she was a good character either. I I thought they were both kind of villains in their own way. I agree. Um, And I thought it was a really interesting movie about respecting someone and loving, like respecting and loving your parent, even when they don't have your best interest in mind, but it's, it's all just sort of disguised as your success. Like you're being successful because you're following this, this pattern that your parent that you love and respect has set out for you, but it's actually damaging. And, and, and I think that that's an interesting relationship because I think that that sort of familial relationship is super common it might not have i don't think the consequences or the stakes are as high as this family's were with like wrestling and everything but you know it's like the parent who wants their kid to become a doctor or a lawyer it's the same sort of mindset where you put your hopes and dreams aside and you do what your parents sort of corral you to and i think that's it's just a really it was a really interesting movie because i was expecting it to be a lot of headbutting and a lot of like fighting and dysfunction but all the dysfunction was like scary normal yeah you know like yeah the dad was like no you're gonna do this and they would just do it yeah and the dad blatantly listed his favorite children and said i was this this ranking can change and the ranking did change and they were Ugh. just like they just went with the flow and the the one in like his son mike who was not interested in wrestling uh and wanted to be you know a more artistic sort of endeavor um he he didn't even like he didn't entertain that at all he's just like you're gonna be a wrestler you know yeah and uh, i know his name because i wrote down their names i wrote baby angel guitarist yeah because i was like he's so and, sweet like oh my heart broke for him i, I know was like Ugh. Um, it was pretty sad it was i mean the whole story is really sad but i felt especially sad for his character just because like he didn't have any autonomy to say no no, but he also didn't hate his parents enough to like he didn't hate them to say no you know what i mean and i think that that that's interesting yeah i um so i know that there's like a psychological need for children even when they have abusive parents to try and impress their parents Mm -hmm. or try and get their parents to approve of them Mm -hmm. and which is really i can imagine very very tough you know because even though you know that this person is not the best person or doesn't have your best interest at heart that there's still that like desire and need to be like mom dad look what i did aren't you proud Mm -hmm. of me you Mm -hmm. know and like and 
it's so heartbreaking with Fritz and how, like, again, like the ranking of his sons. Like, just this, like, like, first of all, I think probably every parent has, like, a favorite that they secretly have. But you don't tell your kids that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I think, like... Like, obviously, I'm my parents' favorite. And <laughs> I think that there... I think that there are levels. I think that most parents probably have a favorite in the fact that, like, this is the child that I'm most compatible with. Yeah. But I don't know if that means they love that child more than the other children. Right. I think they just yeah. love... I think parents just love each child differently. I think so, too. And there's probably children that parents... You know, like, just like in life where you're picking friendships or your siblings. Like, For if sure. you have multiple siblings, like, you're closer to one than the other. Not because you dislike the other. But, yeah, I agree. Like, he blatantly was like, no, no, no. I like you. Dif- I, not only yeah. do I like you differently, I like you more or less. Yes. You know? Yeah. Than the That's other person. Very it's very crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. Everyone is going to get along differently based Mm -hmm. on their interests or whatever, you know. Um, Like, I get along more with my mom than my dad, you know. Mm -hmm. We're more... uh, But there's also a part of me that's a lot like my dad, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but my mom and I just connect on a different level, you know. It doesn't mean I love her more right. or less than my father you yeah. know um but the, the the ranking is like that's yeah and, and he, to say that to your children is like cool yeah and that's he said cool. it he said it at the breakfast table in in such a nonchalant way that you just yeah. know he said it their whole lives like oh, it, yeah. that wasn't new for sure but he also i don't even think it was like compatibility for him i think it was like he loved them he loved the one that was successful at the time like for sure in the beginning of the for movie sure. carrie the the brother Carrie who was played by what is his name Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White Jeremy Allen White uh, was about to become about to go to the like tr- try out for the Olympics the 1980 Olympics in track and field so Carrie was his favorite and Kevin was a second favorite I think Wait, wasn't he, I it think disc Kevin throwing or discus? disc throwing I mean yeah. that's track and field but yeah okay. discus yeah. or whatever yeah. um and Ke- uh, Kevin played by Zach Efron, I think, was the second favorite, and he was the one that was like the like really athletic wrestler at the right. and, and David was the one that was about to make his in ring debut, and then Mike was last. Yeah, but David proved to be really good at like doing wrestling promotions and being on the mic. So David quickly like shot up yep. the ranks. And end up going to Japan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it, it was interesting in the movie's like timeline to see how his how fickle he was and how his rankings changed and how he was obvious about like they knew because there was a scene where um, David won. Didn't David was it David or Carrie? It was David who won. Uh, no, it was like a like a tag team match. It was a triple. <laughs> oh to, it was Carrie, Kevin and david who were in uh, a tag match yeah and they won the title and the dad was making it like like making a speech afterwards to the crowd and he was like i want all my sons to wear the national championship belts in this order and he's like david then carrie then kevin then mike i know and so you see like mike's look of horror like i do not want to be a wrestler and then david says to kevin because kevin was the one who like his dream was like to wear this belt and david says to kevin he's like i'm sorry kevin i'm I'm sure dad just messed up and kevin was like dad doesn't make mistakes like that like they know i don't think he made a mistake either they knew exactly where he was at and he did not uh, he he made no secret of it and i can't imagine 
I can't imagine uh, brothers getting along so well in an environment like that, but I guess if you, like, they're the ones who understand what you're going through, you kind of would band together, maybe. I loved I loved that. I love the relationship that, you know, Kevin had with his brothers, and then he, when he meets Pam, and he goes on the date with her, which was super cute. <laughs> um, I love Lily James. I think she's great. I, I like, I love her and everything. She's so pretty. You know, she's like, I think she's mm-hmm. a very talented actress. I agree. I yeah. really want to see that Pam and Tommy movie or whatever oh, yeah. that they did. Yeah. Which I, I was like, wow, what an, like, what an interesting cast. But I'm like, no, I think that makes sense. Also, I've been watching a lot of Baywatch too. So I've been watching a lot of younger <laughs> Pamela Anderson and a very young baby Jason Momoa run around shirtless. So that's been pretty fun. But, um, um, and I even, <laughs> I even like started noticing that I have a favorite character. I'm like, Stephanie's my favorite. Oh yes, yeah. St- you know what I was like. <laughs> Summer, yeah. Summer was the one who I she was always Which my favorite. She? Since she she's like short blonde hair. See, the thing is, when I see it, it's like whenever I turn it on, so I'm not watching them in Wait, order. Maybe it is Stephanie. I can't remember. There was one with like short blonde hair that whenever my friend and I would play Barbies and we play like if we were playing lifeguards, yeah. I'd be like, mine is the name whatever the name of the Baywatch and she'd be like that's the one I was gonna choose you know I love it everyone's favorite um, yeah CJ's at Pamela CJ's, Anderson yeah Pamela Anderson yeah, yeah. Um, I loved Baywatch when I was a kid it, it's I can totally I mean it was on for 11 seasons oh I can gosh. see why it was so popular I watched I it I loved the movie I loved it I saw the movie did you see the movie I did except I had uh, food poisoning and <laughs> oh, no. so I I did not enjoy the movie oh that's um, too bad I said to were my you, mom, were you at the theater? Yeah, you? I was there with my mom and dad, and I was like, and I, it like the nausea hit me like a truck, like a truck. Oh, all of a sudden, no. I was just nauseous. Yeah, and I said like, I told my mom, I was like, I think I'm gonna be sick, and she goes, huh? And I was like, I think I'm gonna be sick, and she's like, okay, well, okay, and I was like, <laughs> I thought she'd be like, should we leave? But no, I didn't get sick at the theater. Just to I got that I did later uh that you'll have miserable. to see it again yeah maybe yeah. i don't know if i want I to honestly <laughs> i mean i think if you're maybe a fan of the original it may not be like your favorite but i think based on what i've seen i think it's pretty close to yeah like, but you know i think it, it was too, been like since so 2017 hazy. yeah that's when i came out so it's been the better part of a decade my god what it came out in 2017. It's only 2024. Yeah, I know. So I've seen it. I saw it in 2017. That's the better part of a decade. A decade. The better part of a decade is 10 years. No, the better part of a decade is like more than five years. Isn't that right? I don't know. I think that's what it means. Oh. Like, I, I think it means the better part of a decade. Like means more than like half of a decade. Over than, yeah, over half oh. a decade. Yeah. Okay. I never yeah. knew that. Interesting. I think so anyway. I mean, I don't know. I've been using it like that All for right. like ever. So I hope that's what it means. I believe you. <laughs> but now I kind of look, look it up. <laughs> okay. No, I don't have to. Um, okay. So, y- you know, um, so you mentioned like not liking Doris. And I agree. I, I think it, there's a whole thing with both her and Fritz where someone well it's usually kevin and he's like hey i want to talk to you about something and they're like it's not really my problem go talk to you about it with your brothers and it's mm-hmm. like well you're their mom and they're coming to you for advice because they obviously value your input so mm-hmm. maybe be a parent and fucking talk to your child <laughs> you yeah know? like here's a crazy idea and like when she did that i was like oh fuck her she's the worst like just i just she didn't 
appeal to me anymore like no. there was no steps to make her yeah. more likable in my mind well there you know? was no scenes of her being motherly either no, like i had no idea what her perspective was on all of this yeah. um i i have no idea why she didn't there was no scenes of like there were no loving moments between her and her children no um and then at the wedding she said she was like sitting with fritz and she looked at lily james's character pam who was in a wedding dress oh my and she's god like, see how pretty she can be if she just you know dress up a little bit and i was, I like, was like oh my um, god are we looking at the same person i know uh, i was like, like just how, like she looks like a dirty like she's whole, very like, pretty so <laughs> like, i just bond or something yeah, the rest of the time so, so like she's showing up with like greasy hair and like you yeah, know dirty exactly. fingernails like come on and uh so i don't know that i think that they maybe could have done her character a little bit better unless maybe she really was that checked out when Maybe, they were growing up. You know? I mean, I I don't doubt it with if with a husband like that. Uh, well, he's like you know, so dominating. Like he's yeah. dominating every part of their life. It's mm-hmm. all uh, like it's all about what he wants. Also, he like his whole thing. The reason he changed his name because his real name was like Jack Barton Adkison or whatever. Was he was a Nazi heel? Yeah, he he played a heel. So uh, what? I kind of was confused. What does that mean? A like, heel that's like is a, like a bad guy in right, a wrestling. That's what I so there's like. So we played a Nazi bad guy. Yeah, like huh. so the heel is like the ca- like the character in a wrestling match that the crowd like boos and you know oh, you want them to lose, you don't want them to win, and if they do win, it's usually by like cheating, like their okay. like their friend comes out and like pulls on the other guy's leg so that he falls or something right. and so on and so forth. And there's another like the face is like the good guy in a wrestling match where it's like the crowd would cheer for him, you know and. I think if it's a really good heel, you like want to like them. You like want them to win because right. you're like, oh, they're they're so good at being like evil. But you know, you also want the faces to win too because it's like good versus evil almost. Right. You know, I'm probably not doing it justice. So wrestling fans, I apologize. <laughs> but so basically, his character as a heel was like an, a Nazi, an ex Nazi. I read that on the Wikipedia page as well, and it's like. Okay, awesome. yeah. So Great. I cuz I knew like a heel was a bad guy, but I was like in the context I was kind of like what does that really mean? But yeah. that, that makes So if more you're sense. a wrestler and your character is a heel, and the thing about like WWE now is that characters ebb and flow, like they're heels for a while and then they turn good for a while and they turn evil for a while. So if you're a heel character and the crowd is going wild booing for you, like that's the best. You've done your job. Like right. that's what you right. want. You want everyone in the crowd to just like exuberantly dislike you dislike quote unquote you know interesting yeah interesting. so it's like i can understand why they didn't include the nazi part in the yeah, film i yeah. was like well and like yeah. i was like that was a good choice that was probably a good <laughs> choice because i feel like unless you know the story most people wouldn't really understand it and they'd be offended by it you know I th- I still think it's kind of offensive. Like I don't I don't think well, I'd no. want to see like a guy. I agree. Like, I totally the agree. The thing is, like the, the boo- boos are like cheers. Like you, oh, there's a kitty. Um, He's like sniffing like, your leg. So it's like the more you're getting booed, the more you're doing something right because the audience is delighted to hate you. Right. So I would to- never like, want totally somebody get that. to be totally delighted that. about a Nazi. Like I'm right, I'm right, so delighted right. to hate this ex-Nazi right. character. Like right right. Boo! 
like you're excited to see them you're paying their paycheck because you're buying their merchandise and you're cheering for them in a in a boo but you're still cheering for them you know what i mean so i i just think it's a bad taste i <laughs> i good. totally agree and yeah. i was um i mean obviously what was it the 60s or 50s when he was wrestling boy i don't know probably <laughs> 50s i think it was, was 50s and 60s yeah i think because in the beginning of the movie i thought it was like maybe the early 60s i think so yeah yeah so that's that's i thought that was an interesting thing to do so far after World it's War pretty II weird. Ended. It's like, pretty weird. Like, oh, okay. yeah. And if if a little, you know, feels a little like anti-Semitic. <laughs> like, well, there's I mean? a lot of things yeah. that feel anti-Semitic. I know, but <laughs> um, but I'm yeah, I'm glad that that didn't um, like they didn't include that. Mm-hmm. But so speaking, so back to Doris. Um, well, kind of back to Doris. So. I kind of had a question, and I'm wondering what you think. Was Pam's hug with Kevin, do you think it was, like, one of the first times he had experienced any real kind of, like, maybe, like, real physical affection? It kind of seems like it. Yeah. Uh, He definitely didn't seem like he'd had any real girlfriends before that. He was a virgin. Yeah. Uh, that part was so, I thought that part was really cute. He's like, "Have you done this before?" And she's like, "Well, yeah. Is that okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just I I I uh, uh and, she, and I was like, "Girl, he hasn't had sex." <laughs> Girl, he a virgin. He's like, "Well, you know, I've I've done it. I just haven't, you know, like done it." And I was like, "He's a virgin." <laughs> they masturbate in the shower. We know that because yes. it was in the movie. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. He's like, "Damn it." <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So. Um. I I would not be shocked if that was like one of the first times that a female in any like form mother aunt grandmother girlfriend had yeah. had given him a hug it it definitely seemed like the mother wasn't super loving or affectionate no not at all I, it makes me curious as to what kind of childhood both Fritz and Doris had you know what I mean because I. I just, I, well, I just love learning that. It's just, it's yeah. so interesting to, to like hear about someone's childhood and then you go, oh, so that's why you act like you act. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, suddenly it's like a light goes on and you're like, shit, I get it now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. I actually wrote down, I was surprised at how close the brothers are. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. I I liked how they just like they just wanted to be there and support each other, you know. And yeah. the father was exploiting them, but they were just having fun, like being together. And I thought it was really sweet how Kevin was just like, I just like being out in the ring with them. And and when when Pam was like, Well, I want to be a veterinarian. Veterinarian. I want to have my own practice. Does that bother you? And he's like, No, I'll be a farmer, and we can get a big ranch, and all of my family can just come live with us. I know. And, I and like, she's like, she's so like, I want kids. I want this, and I want that. And I was like, Yes, Queen. You tell him what yeah. you want. You do not back down, girl. You find what you want. Yeah. And I loved it. And and, I and he was well. like, Absolutely. And yeah. I was like, Yeah, these two, uh, very cute. And um, they're just very like genuine. I thought. I think so too. And I think their chemistry was really good as well. I think mm-hmm. Zac Efron has very easy chemistry with a lot of people he strikes me as very like um just like a warm welcoming person and i think that's easy to get chemistry with him Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i agree yeah Yeah, because i I really don't think i've ever seen a performance of his or a love interest of his where i was like no Mm -hmm. i've always been like yeah okay Mm -hmm. totally i could see this you know yeah i like that I, i really i think he he strikes me as an authentic person 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I get that vibe from him. I don't know. I'm a fan. I've been a fan since High School Musical and <laughs> probably still going to be a fan for a while. You know, I mean, it's been like, what, 20 years now? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Time probably. is flying. <laughs> I think it's been maybe. Time is flying. Maybe even longer than that. So I would say Zach Efron staying over here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, not really. Um, a little bit, but like, not really. I think a stan is like a really obsessive fan. And I just don't think I'd call myself that. <laughs> About other people, sure. The lady but not doesn't about him. protest too much. <laughs> there's a there's a scene in um in Broad City where they're on a boat and they accidentally get locked in the liquor room with um Abby's roommate <laughs> oh, Bevers, yeah. and he's like this really obnoxious guy. And there's like a scene where they're talking about like how um, Alana's like, I don't, I don't want to get married. I feel like it would like, you know, hold me down and keep me like, like, I just don't want that. And she's like, I'm a polyamorous queen, whatever. And he goes, the lady doth protest too much. And she goes, Ew! and she starts screaming at the top of her lungs and someone comes in and gets them out of there because she's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to talk about, uh, so they showed Carrie, uh, Jeremy Allen White, uh, they alluded to his character for a little while before they actually showed him, which I thought was interesting. So you knew that this character existed. Yeah. But then you met him all of a sudden. And you're like, hey, now, who's this guy? I know. You're like, and right. um, so he's, he's a great disc thrower. <laughs> yeah. He's training at, I don't know, it's like the University of Texas or something. I can't. I can't some remember, university yeah. he's training and uh, somebody comes and tells him we don't get to see like the conversation. We just see him walking towards this big group on the field. And then you, it cuts to Jimmy Carter. Is that Jimmy Carter? Is I think Jimmy so. Carter? I think so. Yeah. Just the newscast where he announces that, uh, the United States is not going to go to the 1980 Olympics. And what a bummer for all those. I Olympic mean, hopefuls. Like, it reminded me of COVID. And I, I think like, I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't alive in 1980. And so I can't, I can't really say I don't know the stakes and I don't know exactly all the reasons that led them to boycott the Olympics. But I think like, how, how dare you? The Olympics are such a sacred event and there's a lot and the, it, COVID. I said this during COVID as well, where it's like, there are people who train their whole like gymnasts. Yeah. They train their whole lives to go to the Olympics. And if you're lucky, you're peaking in an Olympic year because it can so easily pass you by. And so I I think like what an asshole move to, to punish the athletes of your country for a political message. Like I, I can't get on board with that. Um, That then again, I don't know the ins and outs. So maybe it was like, maybe his cold war, right? I, thought so maybe it was it was because i think the i think the olympics were in moscow so it was Mm -hmm. russia related so i think it was the cold war but i just i just i don't i don't know i'm just i just think it's such it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth because it's such a such a small window in an athlete's life because athletics is so fickle like you could injure yourself or you just age out of it or you know yeah so anyway, so Carrie was going to go to the Olympics and, and obviously that dream got taken away from him. And I thought it was really interesting how quickly they just gave, he just gave up on the dream. Like he wasn't going to train for another four years. And yeah. Fritz was just like, uh, yeah. you know, your Olympic dream got taken away from you. So I think you should wrestle. And he was just like, yeah, it'd be an honor. And I'm glad that he wanted to do it. 
Uh, Me too. But it was just, I mean, such a heartbreaking thing to happen. And I knew that there was, I knew that the United States boycotted the Olympics sort of like generally in my head I knew that, but I never really thought about it before. And and I can't believe, I wonder how many dreams were just like crushed, you know? I mean, I would imagine hundreds, you know? Yeah, I, I don't really know enough about the Cold War other than from what I remember in my research with Che Guevara, because that was actually kind of part of it, was that I think it had to do with uh, the U.S. thinking that Russia was trying to point nukes at them, mm-hmm. or us, I guess. Um, and so it was, I mean, it, nothing ever happened, you know, it was, it, nothing happened mm-hmm. um, compared to all those hot wars we've had. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I laughed at that harder than I was. Fine. Um, thank you. <laughs> anyway, sometimes the land, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> like an Olympian. Anyway, okay. Um, I, I so I understand why we made the decision that we did as a country. Um, I, I guess I just I don't really know enough about it to have an opinion mm-hmm. either way. Yeah. I think that it's it was a long time ago and it's complicated and it's probably more complicated than you and I could even oh understand sure. you know so um, yeah yeah so that's that's my take on it. But that being said, what a bummer that would be. I mean, you're training so hard, you're pushing your body and like these guys were like scary muscular like holy crap and i texted you and i said isn't it crazy how like being that muscular like changes the shape of your face you know yeah well i know there's like some controversy about zach efron because he looks so different and people are like he got plastic surgery and he claims that he broke his jaw and the plastic surgery was necessary like the surgery to like basically make it so he can like probably live and talk and breathe and oh, chew yeah. you know as necessary and i was just curious what how do actors that bulk up for a role like that how do they successfully unbulk because you, you're not going to keep up that level of training no. forever i mean that's like that's got to be like probably six hours in the gym every, every day, day i yeah. would imagine at so like, like at the do they just least. get do they just like kind of like become like stretch armstrong and just like <laughs> I might have a little bit of insight on that. So there is a Gerard Butler interview that I saw like forever ago. It's after 300. And he was like really built in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever see that movie? Sure did. Okay. Saw it. I wouldn't take my brother to it because there was too, such an awkward sex scene. I believe I've told this story before. <laughs> yes, there was. Because I worked to the theater so I could get us in free and I, re- I actually refused. I saw it with my parents. So. Well, that's disgusting. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, I think it was Craig Ferguson. I think he was interviewing with Craig Ferguson when Craig Ferguson had a show. And he was like, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like with dinner, like at dinner with my family. And I'm like, you know, I really want that extra piece of apple pie, but I could maintain this physique and I could look really good. Or I could have that piece of apple pie. And he was like, so I had that piece of apple pie. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, so I think it's just like, I think it's just one of those things where you're just kind of like, you know what? I don't have to do that as much anymore. I understand that. But where does it go? Like, is there a way to just get lean and lose muscle without... Because they're not, like, walking around, like... 
because in my head i'm like zach efron quits that diet and i see him in a paparazzi photo in two weeks and he's you know like 300 pounds heavier than he was because he no longer where does that bulk go I guess it just. I need to know. I don't know. I don't when know actor, I when actors know. bulk up for a role, how do they get lean again? I mean, they just. I guess they just change their lifestyle. They just don't go to the gym as much. And but, w- but I mean, like, I guess I'm not understanding your question. Okay, I'm gonna say it. I'm. I. I don't want to be undelicate, but I don't know how to say this any other okay. way. All right. So he's basically like super bulky and muscly right he stops going to the gym and working out does he just become flabby and like fat no well i mean if he doesn't if he stops working out maybe yeah it depends on also his but i mean like he's lifting he's probably lifting like a ton of weight right like he's pumping serious iron to look like kevin von eric right actually i think kevin von eric uh his body type was a little bit leaner than Zac Efron. I think so too, based what, on the photos yeah. I saw. Yeah, uh, but anyway, because so, he had that insane back yeah. muscle that's like so, crazy, a shoulder yeah. back muscle. So yeah. Zac Efron is like pumping serious right. iron, and he's like ripped and bulked up, and he's like, he's like huge. Right. Okay, so but that's like he's preparing for a role, so he doesn't. Let's just let's just say after this is done he doesn't need to keep bulking up right like he'll probably lift weights still a little bit right, you know yeah. but he's not gonna do it to the intensity that he did where does all that bulk go i don't know i don't know either <laughs> and i gotta know because i i just it seems like like are you gonna be like are you just gonna be like this like no like no huge like but not muscular like is he just like how do you st- how do you lose muscle mass and not turn it into fat but also get lean from being that gigantic like that muscular like his I arms I, were so yeah, muscular like was, how, yeah. do you, how do you lose that without being like like i can wrap i mean this- i guess your muscles just shrink i guess yeah but doesn't your skin like stretch out or something i i don't think think so okay yeah i don't think so you know what maybe i'm just concerned about the wrong things i in think life, you might but i just <laughs> the thing <laughs> you're, is you're overthinking like this the thing is whenever an actor has to like do something that noticeable for a role i'm always like how easy or hard is it to go back to your normal self after this well i i mean especially when you're young you've got like elasticity in your skin so sure. i think it would just bounce back yeah, you know like I when guess. you're older maybe not maybe like if not. you're in your 60s and you're bulking you're up like to bulking that, up like that you might not but yeah. since he's in his well he's i think he's around my age maybe like yeah. a year younger than me so he's in his late 30s i think he would just it would just bounce right back yeah i don't think it would be interesting yeah zach yeah. efron if you're out there i'd love to uh pick yeah. your brain about this yeah <laughs> specifically how do you unbulk after bulking that's what i want to know thank you very much thank you very much yeah all right <laughs> um yes um do you want to talk about like david and at kevin's wedding oh sure yeah okay mm-hmm. so um so first of all I just have to say this actor, Darius Dickinson, um, this is the fourth thing I've seen him in. And I've had a hard time recognizing him and like He's a chameleon. Two other things. He's like a Ted Levine. You know, he's a Ted Levine. The Buffalo Bill in 
oh. Hassan's lambs. See, remember I was talking about how he's such he, a Ted Levine. I didn't even remember who <laughs> Ted Levine was. Well, like when I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I would. Wa- I was watching Wild Wild West, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Ted Levine!" Because I looked it up, and I was like, <laughs> it, 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 "If I had a dollar for every time McGrath. I said that watching a movie, <laughs> I, mean. I was like, but it. The thing is, it blew my mind because I have seen. I've seen Silence of Lambs probably a dozen times. No, no, no. Probably like half a dozen times. Not that many. I've seen it. I've seen it quite a few the times. better part of a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. What? I'm just... I, you, I'm learning new lingo and I wanted to use it. I don't think I use it in Oh, now you're the expert. I am. Um, <laughs> um, ten years of it. <laughs> no, wait. Uh-oh. Takes 10,000. Takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. There's about 8,000 hours in a year. So, anyway, do the math. Because <laughs> I won't do it for you. <laughs> anyway, um, ugh, I keep touching this. Um, and so, I was like, I'm watching this movie and I was like, wow, that guy looks a lot like the kid from The Kingsman. And I was like, no, that's not him. Is it him, though? Am- no, it's not him. And I was like, I was like, just look at IMDb just really quick. And I was like, no, you're sitting in the second row. That's super fucking rude. Like, I hate when people do that shit. Even though my phone was like turned really low and I had like the 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 yellow light on. So naturally I looked on, like I looked, you know, into it later. And I was just like, this guy, like I, I had seen this movie or the show called the, A Murder at the End of the World. It was with Clive Owen. Oh, yeah. I yeah. saw ads for that. Was yeah. it good? Um, The first episode was interesting. But honestly, by the second, I kind of started losing interest. Like, it really felt like, and then there was none by Agatha Christie, like that same story. And I was kind of like, oh, great, we've been through this again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time I see that iteration of that movie story, I'm just like, Agatha Christie much? Right. Um, there, There's a show called Harbor's Island that was kind of like that. Oh. Did you ever see that show? No. It's like a miniseries. Um, it was... I really loved it when I was younger, but it's basically like these people that all go to this island for a wedding, Harper's Island, and one by one they start dying. They Uh-oh. start getting killed off. Um, Poor Harper. All she <laughs> wanted was a wedding. <laughs> yeah, it was with uh, Katie Cassidy, who's David Cassidy's daughter. Oh, and wow. Oh, wow. I know who she is. I can't remember who else. I don't No one else really famous. But anyway, it was kind of a fun show. It was like, like Scream you know mm-hmm. but yeah more emotional and sadder um <laughs> <laughs> so all the fun things about scream taken out of it no there's uh there's this one song that's called letters from the sky i think it's by um i think it's kind of civil wars maybe um fantastic song and that was the first time i'd ever heard it and i was like damn this song like hits you know what i mean anyway so <laughs> oh, yes. if that's all you take from i know this, what you mean that's why Wanna, I gotta tell you, and I don't yeah. think that's by. I don't think that's the right band, but it's called Letters from the Sky. So just look it up. I don't know what to tell you. I saw anyway. a meme. I saw. I don't know much. I know that there was a band called the Civil Wars, but I know that's about all I know about them. They had. They were but in the I Hunger saw, Games, actually. The the original oh, series. They had a. They had, I saw. They did the song of Taylor Swift. Oh okay. yeah yeah yeah. I saw a, a meme that uh, allegedly they weren't getting along, and people were like, "The Civil Wars aren't getting along." <laughs> I was like, like 
because they're having a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of civil war, you and I both saw that trailer and we're both like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, are imitating reality. No, thank y'all. Yeah, it was like, cool. So that's happening in the real world right now and yeah. I don't want to watch it on the screen. Okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but no thanks. Also very disappointed that Hollywood has cast Nick Offerman in his first presidential role, not as Theodore Roosevelt, as he should be. Oh, wow. But as some random. Yes. Right? I know. Oh, my God. Why He'd didn't they the make a Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt movie? I would watch the shit out of that. I would, Please too. Please also include Alice Roosevelt, because she was also really cool. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. Who would you cast as Alice Roosevelt? I actually think Lily James could be really uh, good I at that. Right. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I think you... I mean, I think that there could be multiple choices, but I think that she'd yeah. be really good in that mm-hmm. role. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so, too. Interesting. Let's do it. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Let's green light it, Hollywood. we have to make a movie about the Who while Jason, Sh- Jason Schwartzman can still play Keith Moon because it's criminal that he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> oh, by the <sighs> way, he was in the new Hunger Games as um, oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci's yes. dad. And I was like, oh, I thought casting. that they must be related. It is really good casting. I it saw that fun. on the trailer. I thought that was good. Yeah. Anyway, we do he actually was, he, was, he was like a little comedic kind of yeah yeah like a talk show host yeah he was funny, funny. he was funny he we was, do actually have good. like stuff to talk about okay yeah sorry like, i feel like we know i feel like it's easy to go off the rails because we haven't recorded in a while that's very true but we haven't. it's easier to go off the rails when we're talking about like a real piece of trash movie <laughs> this one <laughs> isn't a piece of trash no so. it's not it's good yeah it's just okay. we should have probably hung out ahead of time but that's okay. we didn't it's <laughs> okay my sister was here no um, i didn't mean it no, 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 like no, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not taking, I'm not offensive. All right. Offense. I'm not offensive. I'm not offensive. You're not offensive. I'm You're not right. offensive. <laughs> Everything I do is perfect. Um, so, so David, okay, so, so Kevin gets married to Pam. Um, it's, a, first of all, an adorable wedding. I loved the dancing in line scene. That was super I th- cute. I, I love it when there's like organized dancing in an organic looking way. Me too. In a movie. It bothered me that she wasn't in the middle because I thought that would have made more sense like symmetrically. Oh. She was like, there was like, it was like three brothers, her and then one other brother. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's just, it was just a little nitpicky thing, but it just, anyway. Um, so. Kevin sees David throwing up. I actually thought David was struggling with bulimia. Oh, okay. I that's what that was my first thought. I was like, oh, he's bulimic. That kind of would make sense, especially with how driven his father is. That he might be, you know, bulking up and then throwing up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was throwing up blood, mm-hmm. which I was immediately like. Bro, go to the ER. Yeah, like, I thought do that not was... pass. Go like, do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought go. it was because he was because they showed him using steroids prior to that. Oh, like, I thought that that was Carrie using steroids. It was both of them. I it think. was both of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they were I using think... steroids because so, I was wondering yeah. that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. So I thought it was because of the steroids, but yeah, it was like a like an intestinal thing. Yeah, which. I think could have very well happened while he was wrestling. You yeah. Know? Um, well, um, no, the the thing it said that it was it's like from eating like bad food. I thought. Oh, it's like enteritis or something. Yeah. Like it's called. But then uh, on the Wade Keller show that I mentioned earlier, he mentioned <laughs> that some people think it was like a heart like like heart attack due to steroid oh, use or an yeah. overdose. That's yeah. what it was. Rick an overdose. Flair wrote yeah. in his biography. So that there's he, yeah. there's not like a consensus right among. I'm people. sure that the Von Erich family did not want it to. I mean, if that is the case, we don't know. You know, this is all this is like all ex- up to speculation. I'm sure that the Von Erich family would not want 
people to think that it was an overdose. They would prefer like, like a, a natural freak medical death or accident. something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that would be really embarrassing for them you know Mm -hmm. especially with the dad he's you know he's a kennedy essentially he's (laughs) joseph kennedy the joseph kennedy of the wrestling world and he wants his family to be perfect you know Mm -hmm. so and mike was rosemary (laughs) (laughs) well and and david so david gets a chance because like i said um he stood up in the ring and was like, David's going to be the one to win the next title. Right. But David had to like travel the world and wrestle in all these places to it be eligible. Super sad and lonely. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a lonely existence. Like even a modern day wrestler, they're on the road, probably, probably like at least 45 weeks of the year. I think I mean, they're yeah, on the road. Wild. So uh, a lot of them like date and marry each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. and uh which makes sense because it's like who else are you meeting right and you know but anyway uh so he was in japan and he died in his hotel room right and i just can't even imagine that like i think that would i don't even that would be so hard because the closure you wouldn't get the closure no i mean i'm sure they shipped his body back and everything but it's just i can't imagine that happening and then uh and i thought it was interesting that the night of the funeral fritz was talking to carrie and kevin and he's like my god i wanted to punch fritz in the face i was like just let your sons grieve just let them grieve (laughs) for like five earlier he's like like, no crying take your sunglasses off but then later he was like you know i don't i don't want us to forfeit david's uh race for this belt so which one of you wants to do it and Kevin volunteered. He's like, I'll do it. And then Carrie was like, I can do it. And so they flipped a coin and Carrie got to, you know, try yeah. for the title. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. Like, on the the day you're, like, burying your son, you're already wheeling and dealing to try to get somebody else to win the title. I know. It and, was. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, there's just, like, a lack of sense of empathy mm-hmm. that Fritz has and, or doesn't have, I guess. Uh, especially with his sons. And it's, I mean, what a nightmare if he had a daughter, you know? Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe he would have been... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, it, I also, I just... To add that on, I loved I love reading that one of the granddaughters is now a wrestler. Oh, really? Lacey, I think Lacey Von Eric is her name. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's really cool. I love oh, that. You know? Interesting. Yeah, because um, a bunch of them have. Yeah, yeah I know it to, said that like yeah. Kevin had two sons that yeah. were yeah, which is cool. Um, so I can't imagine how Kevin felt after finding out that his brother died and like knowing that he had seen him sick i'm sure that there's a lot of guilt that he was feeling you know because he was really depressed after that and he was like mm-hmm. um like not responding to his wife and she's like you need to hold the baby and you take care of the baby and he's yeah. just like oh what and it's like i'm almost like this poor guy is so depressed like yeah well just, i think it's know. just like also he just lost a brother that he was very close with yeah. and um just the circumstances of his death really heartbreaking and, and he was young he was like 25 yeah and like the thing is that it's like especially heartbreaking because it's probably likely that if he just went to the er or the hospital they would have been like there's something wrong with you we're gonna get you into surgery or we're gonna do whatever it takes mm-hmm. and he would have been fine yeah. but you know i mean he was 
he refused to, which to me, you know, I'm the kind of person where if something's wrong with me, I go to the doctor. Yeah. You know? Well, there wasn't a scene in the movie where he was like refusing to go to the doctor. Was there? I don't think I don't there was. Think so no. But I do think like well, he well yeah at the wedding, um, Kevin's like you need to go to the doctor. Oh, and he was just like okay. no, I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. And I was like you're, you're clearly not fine. Blood. Yeah, you're clearly not fine. <laughs> like that's I mean I think not like, normal. <laughs> tw- when you're like a 21 year old male, you're like I'm invincible. Nothing nothing could take me down. Yeah. And also he's on this trajectory that would you know his dad wants him to be on, so he probably doesn't want to slow that down. And that's yeah. also really sad is that he may have not sought out medical help for that exact reason is that mm-hmm. it's like Fritz would be disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 just so sad because these boys, these men are pushing themselves to literally the point where they're dying or they're killing themselves, you know, and it's like mentally and physically and it's that's why i'm saying this is not a curse their father is the curse Mm -hmm. this is not some sort of like oh i ran over a you know gypsy woman's kid and she cursed me that's not (laughs) stephen king (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i never i've never read the book but i've seen the movie um and he gets like yeah he gets thinner and thinner and thinner until he like disappears it's like the story oh yeah wow anyway um maybe he could tell me a little bit about something about like how you um, bulk after (laughs) bulking um yeah so i wanted to talk about that that movie though was like you like the the whole reason he gets cursed is because his wife is like giving him a blowjob as he's driving and i was like you ran over a kid because you were like you were doing something that you know is potentially really dangerous yeah. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> you know, like fuck. I don't you. know. I feel like it's bad judgment on her part as well. Oh, she's absolutely. putting her own life in danger for absolutely. doing something they like that. They should both been cursed. Honestly. Like, just pull over. Like, I mean, just pull I know. over. Or like, I don't know. Wait till you get home, so you don't do it in public. Well, like, that's probably the best option. But if you absolutely can't wait, <laughs> you have to do it in the car. Just pull over. I agree. It's not worth dying for. No. No. no anyway, it's or it's not worth killing someone for either. Yeah. But. Uh, so I wanted it. There was a couple things I alluded to this earlier in the episode of just how I knew that bad things were going to happen. I didn't know to who. I didn't know how many of the brothers. And it's shocking that there were, I believe, what like six brothers total in yeah. real life. So there is, so there is the little one, the mm-hmm. one that died. There was Kevin, Mike, Chris, Carrie, and David. Okay, yeah, so, so six. six, all of them but one died, and that's crazy to me and um so it's and three uh, of them died by suicide yeah yeah and uh so i didn't know who or how or when uh but i knew there was a couple things and i like the foreshadowing i caught on uh when they showed carrie buying the motorcycle i was like something's gonna happen the motorcycle oh yeah yeah and then when they when carrie gave his dad that gun i knew something was gonna happen with the gun yeah and he Um, got super angry when his dad like wouldn't shoot it i yeah i actually looked into if anabolic steroids do if like create suicidal ideation and what I, i i wrote let's see so um they don't necessarily cause suicidal ideation but they can contribute to it and that's according to the national library of medicine so it makes sense i mean uh but any but early in the movie when he so carrie wins the title yeah 
and Kevin comes and talks to him. It's late at night, and Carrie's like, I can't come down from this high of like winning. And he says something like, I'm so glad we have this title in our family under this roof again. And I was, and I was struck by the fact that even Carrie's accomplishment, he gives credit partial, like gives it to his dad in a way where it's like his dad it's like his dad is this all-encompassing force where it's like it's not even my title i want it to bring it under the roof for my dad and it's just like this weird thing where it's like you're grown men and you're still doing this for your dad in a way that seems really unhealthy and and, um so he's like drinking beer and he goes i'm gonna go for a ride so he's riding his motorcycle and i was like is he gonna die on the motorcycle i I gotta say real quick i like when he was like i'm gonna go for a ride i was like no 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 you've been (laughs) drinking do not do that and i was so surprised that kevin wasn't like dude don't do that that's a dumb decision you've been drinking i I mean i can't i think it was that he didn't stop him well i think it was the 70s though have you ever seen that ad uh it's like a they also lived in a rural area yeah so it's like it's a viral video um of a newscast from the 70s or 80s where i think the federal government had just passed a law that you can't drink and drive or you can't drink beer while driving or something and this new the news was interviewing people and they're like i don't see what the big problem is i want to have some a glass of beer (laughs) to unwind (laughs) yeah they were southern i'm not just saying that um and so people were just like railing about you know not being able to drink beer on the drive home from work or and so on and so forth so i'm not saying it's good you definitely shouldn't drive after drinking or you know getting drunk or whatever but i think that the mindset was a little bit different then so maybe kevin yeah also like i mean like having i guess we don't know how many beers he had because you can definitely drive after like one beer you know you're not over the limit he looked like he he seemed like he was he looked like he'd been celebrating but anyway so he's driving they show him riding on the motorcycle and i was like bye carrie i guess you're dead me too and they did this really creative thing that i really liked um so David was already dead, which was totally unexpected. You don't see that happening. Right. Uh, and then now Carrie has just won the title pretty soon after David's death. And then all of a sudden the scene starts and he's like waking up in the morning, but he's right. getting on crutches. And so you're like, oh, thank God. He just broke a leg or something. Right. This right. is great. He'll get better. He learned his lesson. And the, the movie really takes its time. It like follows him. He's getting his crutches. He's moving very slowly. He goes through the house. He goes in the kitchen. And then there's like this wide shot of the refrigerator. And he comes around the counter and he's missing like from the calf down yeah. of his leg. I was actually not really surprised that he ended up losing a leg. Like when I when he started getting the crutches and he's like and he was making these pained noises, I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I wonder if he lost a leg." Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was just interesting. He, I mean, I've I've broken my ankle and I was on crutches and just the sounds that he was making was like I guess it wasn't my personal experience. So to me, it seemed like there was something worse that had happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of was like, oh, I wonder if he lost a leg. And then they showed it and I was like, yep, yep, I was right. So yeah, I thought that was interesting that I kind of picked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he kept it so hush hush. Yeah. Well, yeah, no one knew. didn't know about it. Which is like, you know, I mean more power to him if that's what he wants to do i can understand why especially such a competitive field like that that you might want to keep a disability like that under wraps because Mm -hmm. it could cause people to view you differently and it might you know it, it could 
have a really negative effect on his yeah. career. Oh, big you know? time. Yeah. Especially during that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe now people would be more accepting or okay or cool with it or whatever. I don't even know. I mean, it's really like it shouldn't be anyone's business. It's your body. It's whatever. You know, like if you want to compete, you should. Um, but I can understand why, especially at that time, that he might be like, no, no one needs to know about mm-hmm. this. This is my personal business. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I respect it, you know? It's, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was like, it was like shocking, but also not at the same time for me, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, I kind of expected, I kind of like thought what you thought. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to die. Now he's going to die. You know, and I was waiting, I was waiting, and I was like, yeah. oh, and he's then, still alive. And then you sort of think like, maybe he's, he's okay. He's not going to die. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then don't get too comfortable. No, don't. <laughs> but this entire movie is I like, want don't to, get too comfortable. I want to talk about Mike. Okay. Um, so I want to be angel. Guitarist. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I, I thought that it was really sad. He, they were all sitting around the dinner. So there was this interesting part early in the movie where he's like eating breakfast and he's just like chucking back food. Like he's eating, like he's eating, like it's his last meal and they're commenting on it. And then he's very talkative during the meals and he's just like a talkative guy. And he's, there was one meal where he's talking about like the cool camera angles on the show that they had produced the night before. And the dad's like, nobody cares about camera angles. And I went, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you should care. If you want to have a successful show, you probably should care about the camera yes, angles as much should. as the wrestling. Yeah. Because Mike, my boyfriend, Mike, <laughs> I'm choking. Mike, my boyfriend, Mike <laughs> has pointed out that, and I've seen this myself. We'll be watching a wrestling show and like wait, the wait, camera. Who'd you say this was again? Mike. <laughs> my boyfriend, Mike. <laughs> I said it twice in case I, I wanted know. to edit it. Thank you. Because I coughed. So it's like you don't know anything <laughs> about podcasting. It Editing doesn't matter. <laughs> who cares about editing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know a lot about podcasting. Anyway. So Mike, my boyfriend, Mike. <laughs> Okay. I just can't stop. And I'm bragging. Uh, no, we've been watching wrestling before mm-hmm. where like the camera will just like cut away when something is about to happen. Oh. And Mike will say, my boyfriend Mike will say, <laughs> he'll say, great camera work. And it's like, yeah, why are they, why are they doing that? Why wouldn't they keep right. the act, you know, like all these things are happening in the camera. So I think that Fritz von Erich got a little too big for his britches thinking camera angles don't matter. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, and then the son was in like a band and they were playing at a college campus. So the brothers snuck out to take him to his I first love, gig. I love that. I yeah. love that whole thing. And like Pam was like, I'm here with you. And I started thinking about how you were talking about how you snuck your friend out to see Ice oh, Age. Gosh. And I was like, <laughs> And it maybe like it gave me a little it's equally giggle. innocent, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was like it was, it was really like I just, I just love how supportive they were. They were like, we yes. believe in you, yes. bro. Like we believe yes. in you. We want you to succeed in what you want to like, succeed they, in. The brothers didn't care if he didn't want to no, be a wrestler, they but didn't the give dad a shit like, at all. and and then the dad pressured him into it. And yeah. after David died, um, I think that's when he really got pressured to become oh, a wrestler, sure, yeah, so they could have sure. like another Von Eric brother and and. Um, but I want to say, um, so I wrote down that the Mike Von Eric wanted to be like a like a camera operator. Yeah, yeah I read the that re- as well. The real, yeah. yeah, and the real, mm-hmm. which I didn't really check into whether or not he was into music. Um, not like I did with um, with like because I checked with Carrie because on the, on the website 
on, on Wikipedia didn't say that he was an amputee. So I was like, was he really an amputee in real life? You know, I Googled it. Oh, yeah. And Google's like, yeah, he is. Or he was, you know. And Google's I'm like, like, yeah, girl. Like, yeah, girl, girl, I got you. And I was like, yeah. Google, thanks. <laughs> um, you're my AI bestie. <laughs> anyway. And um, actually, I think I use Bing more than Google, to be honest with you. Wow. Well, I probably use wow. equally. Shots fired on I, Google. Well, actually, I use Chrome on my computer. Oh, my computer, goodness. Or my phone. This is I riveting. I want to hear more, but I have to stop you. <laughs> I use. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Okay. Riveting. Um, I am riveted. So, Mike is training and. Uh, it's like Kevin is trying to help him and Kevin's like, no, no, no. You know, like, and I thought it was kind of sweet that he was patient with him, but he was also like, no, you're doing this wrong. Do this, you know? Right. And then Kevin's shoulder gets injured Ugh, and yeah. he has surgery. And of course, it, like when they're sitting in the, when they're sitting in the waiting room and the doctor comes out and I was like, are you going to tell me that this guy just, Mike just died uh, because of I that know, shoulder injury I yeah i was and, like um, yeah i was wondering that too and he's like oh well his fever spiked and he got toxic shock syndrome <laughs> which i okay i'm wondering if that was ref- that was sepsis like if that was you I, know wondered what I, mean? if that's th- I wondered that as well because yeah. it sounded kind of well because i've uh, only heard toxic shock syndrome in um the context of, of tampons. tampons yeah so i was like yeah what? and then i was like maybe that was the term for it at I, that yeah time. i'm not sure it was, and that was it was sepsis essentially yeah you know and so his brain like was deprived of oxygen for right. like a certain well, he amount had of time 107 and yeah uh, that's what it was yeah he had fever. a fever like a fever for a while yeah. and he suffered like some brain damage yeah. and that scene with the um press conference when he was finally leaving the hospital and he was like talking very like st- almost almost stunted and just yeah. like not super animated and just not the mic that we oh, come know. to know and love throughout the movie was i thought that was a really hard scene to watch because i just yeah. can't imagine that sort of like that's a i don't even know if you can categorize that as a major life change it's so devastating and so different and oh, yeah. such a like egregious alteration yeah. you know and here's this kid who was full of life and artistic and creative and just full of zest and talkative with a huge appetite and then he's reduced to just like this shell of a person and it i thought that was really really heartbreaking that that um was press conference scene especially really it was really hard to watch yeah and then he he's sitting with his mom and he's like eating slowly and he goes mom i'm scared and then you see him later, and he's like got a little bit of drool, and he takes all those pills. And I was like, no, he's gonna kill himself. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and he wrote this tiny little letter, um, like a sentence long or something like, I'm sorry, but it's mm-hmm. better for me, whatever. And I was just like, okay, 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 you know. And then yeah, like Kevin, I think found his body in the field or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. found him in the woods or, yeah. or in the field or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, Kevin started sleeping in the gym because he didn't want to go home to his wife and infant son and bring like the curse home to them and i know it was, I, I like, think so sad i like that she was like listen i'm really trying i'm being really patient but i need you home you know and he really he really realized like 
okay, I, I can't just hide from this. You know, mm-hmm. and he went back to his family. And then you well, see the next scene, he's like waiting for his boys yeah. at the bus stop, which was super cute. Yeah, so. I, I did want to talk about a little bit like Kevin's journey. Um, yeah. First of all, so Ric Flair is uh, portrayed in this movie and I am not an expert by any means. I just started watching wrestling for the better part of a decade. And um, <laughs> with Mike, my boyfriend, and you mean mike your boyfriend mike (laughs) yes exactly and um so i know rick flair now this is mike my boyfriend mike yeah so i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna say to him when i talk to him next um so because he listens right to me when i talk yes sometimes yes he usually does Um, so i'm gonna kick on this um, i hope (laughs) the opposite of that would be pretty bad i hope he gets a kick out of it um and i know i know rick flair as like an elderly aging man uh, he's you know i don't know maybe 70s now but he's he seems very frail probably because he spent his lifetime beating his body up yeah, I would say. and he's but he's super animated and he has a very distinct like voice and way of talking now as an elderly man so i kind of imagine that persona on a young man who's like in the prime of life and i gotta say and i said this to mike uh after my boyfriend mike i'll stop that's the last time okay. <laughs> i don't want it to get old god forbid god forbid it gets old see i gotta end it on a high note because it made you laugh snort I so snored, yeah. uh so i said this to him after the movie i, I snarfed that yes you snarfed today uh so there was snow and like slush today and i was listening to the radio on the way Wait, I when i was driving barf. Ooh, i snorfed snorfed there we go. and the weather guy said it was slippery sloppery and i think he meant to say sloppy slippery but he said sloppery slippery and i was like <laughs> this guy has a degree in broadcasting <laughs> anyway so i told i said to mike that afterwards or i said the guy who played Ric Flair, I did not think did a very good job. And I don't even, you know, I didn't even watch Ric Flair at that time, but I just imagine his persona now on a younger man. And I thought that the guy who played him was just like playing like generic wrestler number one. I didn't really think it was a compelling performance. Yeah. I didn't care for it. And I was like, did, did he not watch like promos? Maybe I'm wrong. I'll fully admit that I don't know everything about Ric Flair. I just, I'm, when I'm envisioning what he was probably like as a kid, as a young man and um and there's also a scene where kevin is like trying to do a promo and he keeps flubbing the words in early in the movie and david is like kind of laughing at him and kevin's like stop laughing at me i can't do it when you're laughing at me and i said i, I thought that was really like it was endearing, endearing yeah. yeah it was because he's like you're gonna <sighs> shit can we try it one more time <laughs> yeah and, uh, and the guy's just like yes he's so patient try it one more time. yeah <laughs> I th- I said I thought that Zach Efron did a much better promo in the one that he was in like flubbing for yeah. the character than the guy who played Ric Flair did and any wrestling fans out there who want to like list reasons why I'm wrong go ahead I'm just saying I didn't think that his portrayal of Ric F- Flair was that inspired 
Um, but so Kevin. Well, wait, I have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I thought that scene went on a little too long. The Ric Flair scene. Oh, I lost yeah. interest almost right away. The like, promo or sh- the match? The promo. Okay, yeah. It, yep, like, I, I agree. Think it I totally agree. Maybe 20 seconds, yep, uh-huh. and that's it. But it lasted for it like was three like, minutes. It, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I got 25 women in a limo waiting outside for me. And I was like, okay, gross. And I was just like, ugh. It was like, <laughs> I know. And he had he like, like, a, like, he grossed me out. He, like, has, he was just like, <sighs> when I was watching that, I was like, I don't know if if he did a promo like that in real life. I'm sure he did because we watched like Mike and I watched a, a clip of him as a young man after that, and he did talk about like being irresistible to women. And he has a daughter that's like our age, and I think he might have other children. And I'm like, was he married at the time? Because I I mean I know it's a character, but it's a weird persona, you know. If you've got like a family at home, I think. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so. It's- <laughs> So Kevin finally gets his chance at the title. Right. And I think just like the trauma and stress of losing to, I think at that point, Mike had died as well. It was just him and Carrie that were left of losing two brothers and just the brutality of the industry. His brother, Carrie having three brothers. Oh yeah. He lost three brothers. And Carrie is physically disabled now, which is, you know, like he's, it's just, there's so much has happened that he kind of like, snaps in the ring and big uh big time and goes crazy on rick flair and like so the iron claw is like the finishing move that fritz von eric used and his kids started using it and it's just like holding someone's head really tight i guess i mean i think and it's, it looked painful he made him like, bloody mike and i weren't sure how all the blood like where the blood came from i was kind of wanting that too i was like are like are would his nails be long enough to yeah do i don't that? know you know yeah. like it's because that's He's just really squeezing I think the, the blood only, out of it yeah like <laughs> that's really the only way you would be able to you know make someone bloody is if yeah. your nails are long enough you're not gonna be able to do it with the pad of your finger right like, exactly no yeah so it was a strange thing but then he's back in the locker room and uh, Carrie and, and his dad. Disqualified yeah, he's too. disqualified. Yeah. So we didn't get the title. And Carrie and his dad were like, what happened out there? And then Ric Flair comes out and he's just like happy as a clam. He's like, man, I you're wild. Love I love that scene. And I like that part. Yeah. And he's like, I'd fight you again anytime. Yeah. Bro. Like he's like a brother. Like it was just he was just. Yeah, he was very yeah he was very like excited like he was just like cool this is fun yeah let's like this is a great, a great adventure like, and it's like if we went out for like dinner and we're right. like call me later like, yeah it's fun. you're like, just fun like just like wild. buddy call me like, I was like oh. and that's what sort of snapped 13 Kevin. other women for you. yeah exactly <laughs> but kevin sort of snapped back to reality and like started and went back home to his wife and sort of st- and stopped wrestling he yeah took over the business that well it seems but, like he did still wrestle because they mentioned when he sold the oh yeah business that the guy was i, I can't remember the name it was something like jeff jarrett I yeah think it was, was something his name. it was like a like an alliterative name yeah um he the the guy's like well you could still wrestle for me and he's like oh great because i need the money you know mm-hmm. but he needed like at the time at the moment in order to have a bigger home you know because pam was working you know it seemed like she was kind of living her dream as a veterinarian you see her in scrubs and everything Mm -hmm. um that uh you know he's like i need a bigger home and then the dad and he goes to the dad and he says i want to sell the business and fritz is like then you'll never set foot in this house again yeah and i was like really you you care that much about it that you give up your child and your grandchildren like I'd be like, okay, I mean, if that's what you feel like you need to do, you are now in charge of the business. It's yours. So you do, you know, I mean, 
I wouldn't. I would have sold it. (laughs) I'm not Fritz. So obviously my reaction would be uh, filled with empathy and understanding versus him who's a narcissistic asshole, you know? I think that Kevin, like, I think what snapped Kevin back to reality was that he saw just how, like, maybe how psycho the industry kind of is because Ric Flair had just, like, he went crazy on Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. He was really, because... So I wanted to point this out and because Rick Flair Mike was screaming in pain, like screaming. You know, like he was. Well, a lot of that is, yeah. It's like half of it is like, but how I, much I pain like is he was, in? But I think he, well, he I was totally he was unprepared, really yeah, 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 for what was going on. And Mike pointed this out, so I wanted to bring it up because he pointed it out as being an interesting, an, like, way to talk about professional wrestling as like sports entertainment. So when Pam and Kevin are at lunch on their first date, she's like what how do you deal with the wrestling it's all fake or whatever and he's like no it's it's not faked everything we're doing is real but it's like when you have a job and you know getting a belt is like getting a promotion so you have this job and if you're doing everything well and the crowd is reacting to you you get promotion Mm -hmm. you get a promotion you get this belt and then if you keep doing well you know you get this like bigger belt this bigger title you know and so i think that like there's a psychotic element of wrestling where Ric Flair was actually like everything they're doing in the ring is real. Like when, when Zach, when Zach Efron, when Kevin got thrown out of the ring on his first title up yeah. or his first opportunity. Oh shit. And he landed scene. on the hard cement and I he like he literally could heart move. Attack. Yeah. I thought he was having a heart so attack. The pain, I was like, Ugh. yeah, the pain and like and the Fritz reaction. He's like, well, you got to get up. I was like, I don't think he was physically he able said to he wasn't. get up. He said, yeah, there's like, nothing I could do about yeah, it. I was, was physically like, unable. He, like the air was clearly knocked out of his body. Big time. Yeah. I, I, that's happened to me before I fell off a swing and the air was knocked I mean, it was when I was a little kid, and I just remember being like, "Like, it's so hard to breathe, and it's fucking scary." It's yeah, because you're like, "Am I dying?" Yeah, you're like, (gasps) "Like you're trying." Yeah, yeah. So the everything that happens to them is like real pressure, real uh, collisions, real you know bumps or whatever, and so he. I think that he became unhinged in the ring and was getting going after rick flair with more intensity than rick flair was prepared for and that he was even prepared for it because he had snapped and i think that that like the psychotic nature that you know he's like that episode sort of woke him up because he saw that rick flair was like totally unfazed by it like because as a viewer i expected him to come back and be like what the hell is wrong Me with too. you but instead he was like the like it was Rupert, the time like, of his life and he's like hey yeah bud. <laughs> and so i think that that just snapped him where he's just like this environment isn't conducive to like good mental health for me and this and and i just need to focus on my family and i don't know that's what i took from it because and then he seemed like actually really happy taking care of his kids and being he wasn't a stay-at-home dad because he ran the business for a while but he he did like take care of the kids and like fed them and yeah you know and they and 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 waiting for him at the the bus stop it was really cute i was like you could just tell that he was like excited to see his kids too you know and um yeah i so I want to talk about Carrie and his death. Yeah. So that's, this is really like the end. Um, Holy crap. That was so heartbreaking. I mean, so Carrie calls Kevin in the middle of the night and he's like, I'm not 
doing well. I'm like really messed up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of just like ending it. And Kevin's like, okay, well don't do that. I will come and get you. And Carrie hangs up before he gets the location. And then Kevin calls Fritz and he's like, listen, dad, something's really wrong with Carrie. Like he's, he's not doing well. And Fritz is just like, this is work this out between you and your brothers, (laughs) which was very similar to what Doris had said earlier in the film too. Um, And I was like, how can someone be so dismissive of their child's cry for help? I think, I do think there's a twofold thing. I think that they were narcissists, like you said. Oh, big time. But number two is, I think that they were like this old school upbringing of like, don't talk about your feelings. Yeah. Don't cry. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's just got to get over it. Sort of mentality. And it's like, I don't want to sully my hands with this like emotional stuff. I got bigger fish to fry. This emotional crap. Yeah, I think that was the mindset, it, yeah. you know, of a lot of and people, it was in but the also of him for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, these boys were born in like the 50s, 60s, um, which means, and I think, so Fritz, I think, was born in the 20s, um, according to the Wikipedia. <laughs> and... Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're definitely at a time where it's like you need to be manly and not show emotion, which I'm so glad has changed. And people are becoming more accepting of men showing emotion because everyone shows emotion. It's totally normal and natural. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally just part of being human. It's like, it's okay to cry. You know, it's okay to express emotion. It's okay to feel the way you feel. Um, and so when... Kevin is like rushing over to the house and he hears the gunshot and he finds Carrie's body. So like this is like his second brother that he's found dead of suicide. Yeah. And I I didn't know the story. I thought at first Kevin might have done like a murder suicide or Carrie might have done a murder suicide because the door of the house was just swung open and nobody was was in there. Right. So I was like, did Carrie kill at least his dad and then himself? That's interesting that you thought that because I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that. I don't, yeah, I don't I know what no I thought idea. at the moment, but so. I, was, I was just like, something's not right. You of know? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that much like, is obvious. Not right here, yeah. And so you hear the gunshot and, and like Zach Efron's performance in that scene. It's was really good. So mm-hmm. emotional and so good. And the like going from one extreme of like, just absolute devastation to this like like he almost killed his dad like he was his dad like i was like almost counting down the minutes like i was like okay in about seven minutes dad's gonna be dead like super dead because his dad comes running from he was like out working in a field or something and i had no empathy for fritz at that moment at all i really was like honestly (laughs) i kind of agree with kevin i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying that trying to murder your father's okay but Fritz has been a real piece of shit yeah. until now and up and Well, it's and, like and you said, it's that, not the you know? curse, it's the father. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like... He's I, this catalyst. Yeah. And, and Kevin has watched again and again as his father has been dismissive of his brothers, not caring what they think. It's all about what he wants. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin's just pushed to the point, like this emotional break where he's like, this is your fault. This is all you. And then he's like, and I am going to show you how angry I am by choking you. 
And I, I really felt no empathy for Fritz. I didn't want him to die. I didn't want him to kill his father. Well, but I was kind of like, fuck like, you, Fritz. I didn't want the dad to die because I didn't want Kevin to be a murderer. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly how that's I felt. That's basically where the line was drawn. Like, that's, for Kevin's sake, I didn't want him to kill his father. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I was like, I don't want bad things to happen to you, Kevin. But yeah. Fritz, I don't care what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Um, <laughs> it was like, whatever. Auf Wiedersehen. Um, I, I like, but that was like, I mean, I really like I've told multiple people today because I've been talking to a lot of people about this movie because I was telling everyone I was going to go see it. Just evangelizing <laughs> just on the street corners. Well, like, just- have you seen the Iron Claw? <laughs> have you seen the Iron Claw? Yeah, that does sound like me. <laughs> um, so um, what I've said is that I really genuinely think that Zac Efron has the possibility to be a contender for an Oscar nomination at, at the very least. I would be, as I've said, I said earlier, um, and I think, in particular, that scene is really going to get him there. You know, it's. I think he's just. I think he did a fantastic job. He's come from such a long. He's come from such a long way, and I think that he's really shown that he's got serious acting chops. You know. Yeah, I think he he was he was excellent in this movie, and I I do want to talk about something related to that scene that I I have problems with, but okay. Um, so he picks up Carrie's body and takes him inside and lays him on the dining room table. And while he's going in, he passes. You don't see him see it, but the camera trails over and sees a suicide note that says, it's from Carrie, and it says, tonight I walk with my brothers. Yeah. And then the movie cuts, and Carrie walks out of the house, and his leg is healed. He hops up, and he's got both legs. And he gets on a boat and rows over, and it's this like idyllic, beautiful countryside, and he sees david with his um wrestling belt on and he sees mike with a guitar and he sees the little brother that died before he was even born as like a five-year-old boy and they have this like heavenly sort of like afterlife reunion and when i was sitting there i was like surely they this movie is not saying that suicide is the answer like it was framed so weirdly that oh my god i didn't even think of when that that scene was happening i was actually like i thought i liked this movie but it totally jumped the shark i what is this scene what is happening right now but then when the scene ends you see kevin sitting at the table like holding his dead brother's hand and you're like oh kevin was envisioning Carrie meeting his brothers in the afterlife. And I really like that sentiment. I think it needed to be framed a lot tighter. Like Mike and I were also talking that they needed a shot of him, like maybe reading the note and then it going into this dream sequence because it really felt to me like they were like, look how good everything is now that he's committed suicide. And I, I was just like, what is happening? But now I'm, I mean, I'm on board. I, no, that's, that's interesting. Cause I didn't even think of that perspective, well, that's good. but I that's think good. that you're, Maybe. yeah. So, but no, I, just, I think you have I think, a valid point though. Like for real, that's a really valid point. Like I like the sentiment. Yeah. I, I really like Kevin envisioning his brothers meeting up Me in this too. like heavenly, you know, like they're together and their dad can't, touch them and ruin them anymore i just think tighten that tighten that up a lot because it's a really we it plays out weirdly for me uh just in in, like how you see it happen but uh, but i have no problems with the scene that's happening i thought it was really sweet when he picked up the little boy and they just embraced and And the little boy was so yeah and i think uh (laughs) in terms of what you're saying about oscar potential one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's watching kevin is watching his sons play and he's just crying i know and they were like why are you sad and he's like well i used to be a 
your brother and I'm not anymore. And it, I think that that was just like a really That's where I really started scene. getting going. I was like, like, I definitely cried at the Carrie death scene. And I got emotional, the other ones, but not quite to the same level. But when he was just sitting there crying and they were like, we'll be your brothers. I was like, oh, no, here it comes. And, and, and like he's like, falling, like, he's oh, like no. apologizing for crying. He's I like, I'm know. sorry, I shouldn't be crying in front of you. And they're like, you can cry, dad. They're like everyone cries. And yeah. I was like, yes. like out of the mouths of innocent children who haven't been like told to be tough from day one. It's just uh, there's like that innocence. It's like, hold on to that for as long mm-hmm. as you can, you know, because it's so fleeting and. Uh, that was that was like so sweet, and then you find out that like the real life Kevin is living with his whole family. I know he, they have like, a ranch, no, that's so and him cute. and his wife have been married for like forty years or yeah. something. Yeah, and, so and so Fritz and Doris got a divorce. I know. Yeah, I I read that life, as yeah. well. And yeah. like Fritz comes home and he's like, "What's for dinner?" And she's like, "I didn't make dinner." And I was like, "And I love." She's painting again. Yeah. Like I like that for her. I, I mean, I was not a fan of Doris, but the fact like she. She was she was such a talented painter. She should have never given that up. You see that one painting that she did of her old house. It's beautiful. It's super well done. Um, and she's like, I'm painting. And I was like, good for her. Mm-hmm. You know, good for her for going back to the things that she loves, you know? Because yeah, because she said to Mike, she was like, that painting, I painted that. And he goes, how come you never told us? And she's like, I had my reasons. And I yeah. assume that when you're in a relationship with somebody as overpowering as Fritz, like anything, your dreams or interests are just sacrificed to the God of like, give me what oh, I want. Absolutely. You know? That's what narcissists do. See, they don't think of people as um, a separate person. They think of them as like an, ex- like a, an extra part of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's like, part of the psychology of a narcissist obviously i mean you know as we've talked about before i obviously really like psychology um and yeah i mean he absolutely was yeah a narcissist 100 percent. i mean there's no doubt in my mind that he had he had very narcissistic behavior um so so then fritz in real life he died of cancer which is pretty mm-hmm. tragic and sad and you know yeah i've had a lot of family members die from cancer it's never easy it's really yeah. upsetting um but i cannot i don't i i was curious as to if kevin really kept in contact with his parents or even really maybe not necessarily his parents but maybe like just his mom and not his dad because i cannot see why someone would want to keep in contact with someone who they are like like realizing after all this time after all this awful death and suicide that they're like why would i want to be in contact with someone who I know like indirectly caused my brother's suicide, yeah. you know? And it's just like that level of, I just don't think that there's forgiveness there. I mean, there could be like Kevin might forgive him because he needs to forgive him for himself, mm-hmm. but I don't think Fritz deserves forgiveness. I don't think he deserves that. I think that he pushed his sons to the point where they literally could not handle it. And, he just didn't care. He mm-hmm. didn't care about what they felt, and like it's really fucking sad, you know. It so. is really, it's really sad. It's devastating. It is like tragic. What a tragic story. I know. I mean, I, mean, I can't imagine. This was wild, and so I think it's. I, I, 
there's a lot of extra that they didn't include, like the other brother, like a bunch of the brothers got married. David got married. Yeah, and, I read that. Um, yeah, got even married. Mike, I think, or, had a child or got married. Yeah, I think, I think all of them. Like, yeah. yeah. So they didn't include that, and I understand why they didn't. And I think that this would have been very interesting as like a mini series, you know, because they could have really d- dove more into that. But I don't think just. I think the core of it is that it's about brotherly love yeah. and the mm-hmm. love you have for another and this desire to be like the best at what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I mean, it's very like aspirational, uh, but um, yeah. So I kind of wish they had included Chris, but I also understand why they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. it, it said that he had, he was, um, he had really brittle bones and he was getting injured a lot and he was trying to be a wrestler. He also had asthma. So he had like a lot of health struggles and then he killed himself when he was 21. Jeez. Yeah. And that was after I think David's death. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just like, I <sighs> think, I think I kind of like it the way it is. I, I see what you mean about it potentially being a good mini series, but I like it as like, as an ensemble as opposed to singling the brothers out i think that it i think that they did a really good job the the writing was really good in that you got a sense of each brother and each brother's motivations enough but the brothers as a unit were more compelling to me i think um, so too and so i think it it just worked as the movie like the movie worked i think so too yeah yeah so would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. It's pretty heavy. It's 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 a it's a really good story and really good performances. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I you know you don't have to know that. Well, if you've listened to this whole thing, you know the story. But you know, it's yeah. it's good. I I would definitely recommend it. How about you? Well, I've already recommended it, so yes. <laughs> oh yeah, on the street corners, <laughs> on the highways and byways. I'm like, listen to me, yeah. people. <laughs> Are you listening? You in the crowd there. I see you looking away. Don't look at your phone, sir. I'm talking to you. <laughs> very, very direct. And he's like, what, me? And I'm like, have you seen Iron Claw? <laughs> okay. Me? 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 You? Are you part of this musical? No. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that we're done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> If you like our podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Please give us five stars. It helps us out. And thank you so much to Mike Myers for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>